0: success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the success in the new retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. Gentlemen, let's get to it. Now, it's a bill that's designed to help Americans save more for retirement. It's the Secure Act version 2.0. And Matt Deaton, Damon Roberts, as you're looking at it, what pops out at you? What jumps out at you as something that could benefit our retirement plans?
1: You know, and that Secure Act, if you look at that, I've Googled a summary of the Secure Act 2.0. And it, and it gave you kind of like the top, I don't know, it seemed like 15, 20 changes that occurred. And as I looked through that, I was like, man, there may be like two of these things that my clients even care about. Uh, the rest just are are more I don't know just general rules and how a 401k could be run or different things like that but i think the ones i'd point out is if you're approaching retirement if you're approaching those rmd ages that again used to be 70 and a half then it went to 72 it's now 73. And they have a clause in there that by 2033, it's going to bump up to like 75. So I guess that's a big deal because, again, some people thought, you know, might be thinking I'm I'm going to have to take that required minimum distribution because I'm approaching 70 and a half. They may not realize that the goalposts got moved out to 72 and now to 73. And then the one other thing I would point out that I do like is. In the past, one of the largest tax penalties there is in our tax code was if you missed that required minimum distribution, it was a 50% penalty. So let's say you had an IRA, you forgot that you were supposed to take money out of it and that you didn't realize it until the next year. Again, let's say they said you had to take out $5,000 from your required minimum distribution from your IRA they would charge you a 50% penalty a $2500 penalty and that, i mean that's it's pretty outrageous and so they lowered that that as long as you correct the issue if you missed a, a distribution it's now down to only a 10% penalty if you correct it within 2 years so i think that's much more fair to people that you know might might have accidentally missed a required minimum distribution, so I mean, there's a couple other things in there, but that those are the main things that I saw.
2: I, I agree, with, obviously, with Matt that uh, while there's sometimes, you know, big deal about oh, Secure Act 2.0, you really need to know what you're doing. Um, I think. You know, them raising the required minimum distribution ages from, you know, uh, what was 70 and a half to 72, then 73 and 75. What that's telling me is that, you know, and we have this conversation all the time, is that people are living a lot longer than they used to. Mm -hmm. And people with. Diabetes people with high blood pressure people with all the things that a lot of people uh, You know 50 and older 60 and older start to have are living a lot longer and so sometimes what we find is that that people don't have a plan in place that's going to account for that and sometimes they'll say oh well my mom or my dad they died at 75 and this 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 and this and you know and and it sounds horrible to live that long but people are living longer and are healthy and enjoying a longer retirement and that that's going to expose poor retirement planning right that don't have a good income plan that don't aren't addressing taxes because if you're giving away money to Uncle Sam that you don't have to then that means your plan's not gonna last as long if you're taking too much risk in your portfolio because you haven't adjusted as you've moved closer to retirement and then actually retire if you haven't adjusted that then years like 2022 which was pretty bad it's the worst year since 2008 You know, that's going to cause significant problems to your retirement plan, whether you're within five to 10 years of retiring or you're now retired. That's going to have an impact on the longevity of your portfolio. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, you have to read the writing on the wall, and that is that people are living longer and having a good, solid retirement plan that's going to encompass income planning, tax planning, how to maximize your social security and your pension and mix all of those things in there is going to provide that that safety and security and peace of mind that's going to allow people to retire successfully and stay retired during what is going to be a longer retirement than your parents and grandparents.
1: You know, I also think it also shows that people are working longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and I think, again, that could be one of two factors. Number one, they enjoy their work and, and people are living longer, like Damon says. And so again, we're going to work a little bit longer, but I also think that it means that some people feel like maybe they have to work longer, that maybe they haven't done what Damon just said, where they put together some of those plans. And he just reminded me of a client that I had that he called me up. And he said, Hey, um, I want to sit down and go through my plan because I just got laid off and i wanted to kind of see what what i needed to do because i'm starting to look for jobs and want to kind of understand this my wife's kind of freaking out and so we sat down and we went through all of his stuff and again he had been a client for a few years we had a financial plan in place and i just went back through the financial plan and i showed him that if he wanted to be retired if he wanted to be done that we could make that work that they had enough built up, that they had a financial plan put in place, that they had income streams that they could tap into to replace that lost paycheck. And that if he wanted to be done, he could be done. Hmm. And he just kind of sat back and he's like, man, my wife is going to love to hear this, <laughs> that, that we are good to go. And he actually emailed me, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. And he, he said, you know what? I found another job. And I reached back out to him and said, so are we not retiring? He's like, you know what? This job looks like it would be really fun. I think it'll be fulfilling. So I'm going to take it, see how it is. I know that in the, I have in the back pocket that I can be totally done, that I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to try this and see, see what, how I like it. And so he's in this position that, that working for him is optional. What good so, confidence is that? Right. So it's so again, if he doesn't like this job, boom, he can he can go in a different direction. He knows he doesn't have to be there. And the day that he wakes up and he no longer wants to be working, he knows he can be done. And so, again, I would reiterate what Damon's saying that having a financial plan, having detailed strategies for how you're going to produce income, having some diversification so you're not getting wiped out if the market continues to go down. You know, we've learned a lot of lessons this past year and, you know, you need to have some strategies in place. And so there is power in having that plan because it allows you to quickly adjust as life changes. It puts, you know, it gives you a time horizon to kind of show you some goals and things you should be achieving. But at the end goal being, can I? I retire. And so how awesome would it be that if you thought, man, I have to work till 70 because there's no other hope for me, how awesome would it be to put together a financial plan and find out that, man, you could retire tomorrow mm-hmm. or, you know, I only have to work two more years instead of five. And, and at least that to have, have that in your back pocket, that if, if work's not what you want to be doing, there may, there may be an alternative. So I would say if you can't answer that question.
2: If you're on the right path, or if you don't know if you can retire right now, if if your job changed, you should give us a call and come in and talk to us about this. We'll help you understand it. You can reach us at 480-680-6868. That's 480-680-6868. And
0: gentlemen, we spent the past Couple of weeks, really talking about how rough 2022 was for the markets. So let's focus on this year. I want you to hear this clip from portfolio manager Vance Howard, who tells CNBC that he's very positive.
2: I don't think 2023 is going to be a bad year. I think that we're going to end up up. I think the first quarter is going to be pretty rocky and pretty volatile, and we're pretty you know distressed about that. But going into the latter part of the year, we're pretty optimistic. When the trend changes, man, there's some great opportunities out there. Maybe you know once in a lifetime buys. <laughs>
0: With an accent like that, I would expect him to always be positive. (laughs) Seems like a happy-go-lucky guy. So are you as optimistic as Vance is about this year?
1: You know, I'm actually working right now on our quarterly update video. So once a quarter, we send out a video to our clients, kind of giving them a market update, kind of talking about what we're seeing on the time horizon and, and where we see the markets going, adjustments and moves that we think we'll be needing to make. And again, one of the slides I'm going to show is that every single time in the past, well, I think it goes back 40 or 50 years, every single time the S&P 500 has a drop of 10% or more, the following year, it's had a positive return that's double digit the following year. So again, last year, S&P 500 was down 19.44%. So if that holds true, then there is a likely scenario that the 2023 will end positive for the year. But I also agree with what he's saying is there is still a big, you know, kind of ugly gorilla that's out there. And that is, are we going to go into a recession? Because if we go into a recession, what that means is the earnings that these companies are making are likely going to need to be adjusted, which means they're going to be adjusted down. If that happens, that means stock prices will be adjusted down. And so i don't think we're out of the woods yet in fact what i'm going to say in that video is that we believe that over the next few months here three to six months there could be some serious volatility and there could be some serious pain that comes with a lot of volatility that the market could bring and so we're telling people look we need to be very defensive we need to be protecting wealth we need to be protecting assets but when we finally get to the bottom and again who knows? I mean, history plays out in different ways. It could happen this year. It could happen next year. But at some point there's going to be a bottom and there's going to be an opportunity to purchase things at a, at a steep discount and take advantage of a nice ride. So the question I would have for people out there is if there's, you know, if, if let's say, you know, you're looking at, at buying some stocks and you know, right now they're trading at 10 bucks and potentially with a, with a market downturn, those stocks get cut in half and they're worth five bucks. Well, would you rather have $100 to go and buy those stocks or would you rather have $200 to go buy those at a discount? Well, I think most people would be pretty obvious. I want 200 bucks so I can go buy that. You know, not only am I, I got more money here and I'm going to be able to buy more of these shares. So I think what people need to be doing right now is the more you can preserve your wealth, the more you can keep that money that you work so hard from going down, The more firepower you're going to have to purchase some of these stocks at a significant discount if you can do that well if you can you know take advantage of some of those deals if you can see a market recovery and you've been able to preserve wealth on the way down it could be a huge windfall in what your retirement accounts look like and so you could potentially look back and say okay what did i start you know 2022 at this is what my account balance was You know, it's a very likely scenario at the end of 2023. If you can avoid a bunch of losses, you can have more money in your accounts at the end of 2023 than you did even at the beginning of 2022. But you need to have some strategies. You can't just watch it all go down because it's going to take, you know, if the market goes down, we talked about this with our clients too. If the market goes down 30%, you need a 43% return just to get your money back to even. So yeah, everything's on sale, but you have to have this tremendous return to overcome a loss. If you're down 40%, you know, you now you're having to get a 50 something percent return. Again, it's, it's remarkable how much you have to get in returns if you suffer a big loss. So we've got to preserve those assets on the way down. So we have more of those to take advantage of a
0: ride up. And that's how you truly build wealth. Matt, I want to go back to, you said how a lot of people don't realize if you lose 30%, you have to get 40% plus back to get back to where you start. Do do a lot of people, they're almost taken back when they say, I lost 20%. What do you mean I need to get 30% back?
1: Well, again, I mean, it's, we do this scenario in a, in workshops. So we'll put it, you know, a hundred dollars up there and we say, Hey everybody. Okay. What if you had a hundred dollars and it went down by 30%, where are you at? in the class like everybody you know 70 bucks easy yep. okay so okay the very next day it goes up by 30 percent or it goes you know takes a week or two or a month you know it goes up by 30 percent so i said so right but we're right back to a hundred dollars right and i draw that on the board and throw it up on the slide and almost all of the class sits there and nods their head yep yep it went down 30 percent, it went up 30 percent, we're back to 100 bucks but then there's usually one or two they go wait a minute no and if you do the math on that, your $100 is not 100 bucks. It's really $91. Because it nice. only went up 30% of 70 bucks. Correct. So, again, you need a 43% return to take that 70 bucks and get it backed up to 100 And so once you show them that, then the light bulb goes on. It's like that aha moment. They go, okay, so if I can preserve wealth, if I can avoid those losses, I don't need crazy double-digit crazy, you know, you know, 40, 50, 60% returns just to get my money back to even. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's just about managing risk because if you can manage risk, then you're going to be able to come out at the end of a downturn in the market in a better financial position.
0: And Damon, I want to talk about fees for a couple seconds because you mentioned off the air that some of your clients, some families in the community, they're starting to get a little taken back about the amount of fees that they're spending and the 401ks and their IRAs. Is that becoming more of an issue?
2: You know, I don't know that it's becoming more of an issue, but, you know, we live in now what we call the information age. And so it's it's a lot easier to find information about your investments than it used to be. And and yet I still meet people that don't really understand what they're really paying in fees and how to find them. And so as part of, you know, our analysis of your portfolios, that's one of the things that we'll look at is, is help you understand what are you really paying in fees because I've got, you know, people that come in and in their 401ks because they're not paying an advisor will say, I'm not paying any fees. Well, guess what? In most 401ks, your primary investment vehicles are mutual funds, which have second largest fees of any investments out there. Second to variable annuities, right? So there are, there are fees and and they vary. They're, they're different depending on the fund you choose, but where do you find that? Right. And then, you know, I'm currently working with someone that uh, came to us, uh, like all of you listening to the radio, decided that uh, their close retirement needed something to create a plan because they didn't really have one in place. I've been working with them through the Christmas holidays. It's been a few weeks because of Christmas that uh, I just got an email saying, hey, let's get back together. And one of the questions was, is, is, you know, Damon, you made the comment in our in our meeting where I was showing them where they sit, that the likelihood of them paying less in fees Coming with us with a full advisory form would be less than what they were paying now without, they only have an advisor on, on a portion of their money, but on a lot of it they don't. And he wanted, he's like, I don't understand that because I'm not seeing fees on my statement. right? So what was interesting about that is, is some of it's in 401k. And so the, the conversation that we're going to have again is to go back through and say, okay, here are your mutual funds. But guess what? That you don't see like here's your return minus this for fees it just is automatically taken out mm-hmm. and I can show him that there's an expense ratio which normally that's pretty easy to find but then there's 12 b one fees which are marketing expenses and then there's there's a cost for buying and selling of the different stocks in that mutual fund every year that also guess what get passed on to the consumer doesn't get eaten up by the fund management fee, which is, you know, doesn't make sense, but that's the way it is. And so when I'm able to show him, look, here are the fees here, then he's going to, his eyes will be open and say, Oh, I I guess I am really paying fees. They've also got some, they went directly to American funds and the the person there says, Oh, you only pay whenever we, we buy and sell and we pay 2% for that. Right. But in looking at the fees, they're, they're in all A rated funds or class A funds, which means front loaded. So when they buy in, they're paying 5.75% up front as a commission. So they start out at a negative. And then there's the expense ratio and the 12B1 fees of another almost 1%. Right. So all these things start to add up and then on on where their their advisor is they're paying 2% for the advisor uh, fees there and then they also have some mutual funds there so in reality there's all these fees that that are not just blatantly you know stated here's what they are mm-hmm. and and wall street is is become very proficient in hiding fees in in big prospectuses and things like that from the consumer but they are there nothing's free in life that statement is still true and it's not that Matt and I work for free either right we have fees but what what you have to determine is is what's the value for what I'm paying in fees am i getting a good return that's commensurate am i getting you know additional advice for taxes and all these other things and is it worth it to me, right? Because the worst thing that, I mean, think about it. How often have you been out buying something, you buy something, you feel good about it, and then all of a sudden you talk to your buddy and he got it for $15 cheaper, same exact thing. Right. Right, you feel like, you feel junky. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, th- that, that I feel ripped off. And that's what you don't want. We want to be make sure that people feel like they're getting the value for the fees that they are paying, and there are fees on every kind of investment. And so we're going to help you understand what those are what you're currently paying because wow if you could put five ten thousand dollars back in your pocket per year again that that bolsters your plan it's like getting a five to ten percent return
0: thanks for listening want more from damon and matt check out success in the new and while you're there drop us an email with your questions